0: Hometown hero at the bar, burned out high-life superstar, you know. Kept a buzz to fill the hole, loved the lights stole the show. Someone I used to know would stay another round. Someone I used to know ran himself in the ground. It's been a long time coming, couldn't keep on running, had to hit rock bottom to know When you keep on losing with the path you're choosing And it's time to let go of someone that I used to know
1: come on Bradley come on it actually that's who's that who is that that's Zach Brown band nice yeah, man. man it's nice lyrics those yeah, are really good nice. lyrics. It's fitting it's nice. almost fitting yeah for the I day. found
0: it in a in a time of need nice man uh, really resonated
1: that's a me, good so. track man I want to look it up now and hear yeah. what it sounds like not yeah, saying absolutely. that you did a bad job or anything at oh that. I know I did no you <laughs> did not man no you, everyone's always nervous about that but we just want to have some fun and just get a little bit of personality out absolutely man. welcome to the show man thank you welcome Thanks to the for show I know we've talked quite a Bit. oh first you want to set up the camera right yeah, yeah absolutely. totally do it totally do it there we are we're recording now Getting all kinds of fun going on. We're Bradley. back, baby. Yeah, so we're, we're back. back. We're back. We're at we're at the VentureX offices here. We're at the studio, so to speak. And uh, I love this little home away from home. Yeah, it's a nice yeah, little it's space. Awesome here. It's, it's kind of quiet. Saturday mornings, everyone's usually really quiet here, which is good. Yeah. But I'm sure that in a couple hours, things will start to, to build up. We've got an interesting show today. Like what? I, like what do you? We just want to wing it.
0: Yeah, we're just going to wing
1: it. We're man. just going to wing it. Obviously, we're going to talk about construction, but we're obviously going to also talk about life. Life. It's just we're going to mix the two together. Because Because we're all going through. It's really funny. I just got a a DM from Greg there from EQ Construction. And he was like, I'm at the airport. I'm getting out of here. Clients are going to have to wait. I need time with my family. And I'm like, good on you, man. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) You got to take that time for yourself. And you got to unwind.
1: You have to. It's so important. You can't just be consumed completely with construction. As much as we're all passionate you can't be consumed by it yeah ever.
0: man you get that small business burnout oh, and i'm bad. going through it right now
1: we all trust bradley we all go through it man let me let me share out the details. here so bradley dell built by bradley you're the president three years doing it your email is bradley j at built by and on instagram it's brad the builder 94
0: yeah i'm more active on my personal social media than i am on my business so. why do you, is
1: that a conscious effort
0: i think so I'm, I'm more so trying to build my personal brand and kind of revolve my business around my personal brand
1: good for you man yeah which is what you should be doing
0: i think so yeah. i think
1: everyone gets a little too glitz and glam about the professional side for and, sure and they forget that there isn't another bradley out there
0: well and, and the you thing know. is too is i i kind of want to bridge that gap from professional to personal you know i'm really upfront and honest uh as to what goes on in my life on my uh personal account too so you know, I'm, I'm very open running a business is hard, right? It is. Yeah. So for all of us, absolutely. So I'm, I'm really open and honest and, and I kind of connect with people on that, on that front. So when
1: did you consciously make that decision? How far back are we going?
0: I'd say right from the beginning, man, I've, I've never really been super active on my professional accounts, mostly because it's, very overwhelming just with the the single account. Yeah,
1: just running a business and then doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it gets to be too much. Yeah. How young are you, man? I'm 28.
1: Okay, so you're still a kid. I'm still a kid. Three years in the business. What were you doing before that?
0: Uh, So I worked with a variety of builders through Local 183. So I worked for Tribute Which is currently
1: on strike right now. They are,
0: yeah, suckers. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: it makes me nervous because... We are in economical limbo right now. Big time and it's scary out there. It's scary. It and, and anybody who's not nervous, I'm worrying for you. For sure. Because you should be. Doesn't matter how old you are, you should be worried about what's going on right now with the strike, inflation, diesel hitting 250. It's crazy. It's insane. So there's so many bank rates going up. We've talked about this quite a bit. So yeah, life
0: is completely unaffordable right now.
1: It can't, and I get it. Gen Z and even millennials are having a hard time even getting approvals for mortgages. They can't even look at it and go, "I can buy a house." No, you cannot buy a house. No,
0: like I looked at the at the end of last year, and I was putting in offers, and uh, you know, I, I didn't qualify for much, but four hundred eighty thousand should be able to put me in a home. But I'm having to go like two and a half hours north. It's insane. You're going
1: really far. Yeah.
0: And every offer I put in, I got
1: beat out by a long shot. Did you even bother looking at the properties in person? When oh, you, yeah. And what were they looking like? Were they? They were run down, needed some work. Wow. And, so yeah. even, at the, even out that far, yeah. at that low, was still an issue.
0: Yep. It just, uh, it, it completely ruined the whole experience.
1: So what does that do for you? Like, what does that do to you? What does oh, that... you
0: lose all hope. You, you just give up? Or you yeah, just... I just gave up. And you know what? I took all that money and I just dumped it into my business, into myself.
1: So hold off for now.
0: Yeah, hold off. I'm not in any big rush anyways. So.
1: But then also, I mean, uh, it was Matthew there from Millennial's Choice. I just saw a post or story that he did where... On TikTok, I think I saw it on. I've been spending a little bit of time on TikTok trying to figure it Me too. out. Me too. Even though my age bracket is skewed way too high for that, right? Well, you
0: know what? There's quite a people. Quite there a is. few people that uh, are in the older ages that, that love to use it.
1: It's a, it's an interesting platform. but ma- But Matthew was talking about how uh, sales of homes this April compared to last April are down 41%. Yeah. So, I mean, like when you start looking at this recipe... And you start adding inflation, sales, cost of living, yeah, everything. You got to start to wonder what's going to happen here. It, yes. it can't continue that way. It
0: can't. Something's got to give. You
1: got to just prepare yourself. So hopefully you're preparing yourself for... Some pretty shady, and, and all I've said, I've had a few people reach out to me. They're constantly, it's funny, it's, it's always the 20 year olds into their early 30s have reached out to me. And, and I'm like, Listen, guys, I'm just like you guys, I'm just in the same boat as you guys. I'm trying to figure out how to survive. Everybody's here just to try to figure out how to survive. And I just, I, I kind of have the conversation. They always want to ask me the question, What can I do? What should I do? And I just said, Listen. Just be the nicest person you possibly That's it, can. Man. You
0: got to have compassion. Leave and- a
1: great impression for your past client, potential clients. Leave a great impression for any sub trades you work with, any GCs you work with. Just leave these great positive impressions because when things do go bad, they're gonna remember you. Hundred percent. They're not gonna remember the idiot that was basically, ah, you know, I, I deserve more money. I want more money. I don't. Yeah. I'm not gonna do this job. Yeah. These conversations you can't, and that attitude you can't. You can't, you won't survive.
0: No. And I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction and 100%. everything that you put out, you will get back.
1: For sure. And I totally believe it as well, too. And I mean, it's good that you're getting it at such a young age, but most people don't get it until we get older when we realize, oh, we made so many mistakes and all of a sudden, let me just shift things. Right. But it's, it's
0: never too late.
1: No, no. It's never A hundred percent. So I don't, I don't even know how we got there, but okay. So how <laughs> did, how did, uh, you know, Brad, the builder, how did that all start? How did you come up from working for somebody and then come up to your own?
0: Um, honestly, man, I've, from the age of 16 to, uh, I'm going to say 25, I've always worked for someone else and it's never been for me. I've always had this empty feeling inside working for someone else, knowing that, you know, I, I want better for myself. Was it always in
1: the back of your head? Always, always, eh? always,
0: man. Um, so
1: even on the good days, like you're working for somebody and you're having a really good day, you still had that kind of...
0: Yeah, still felt empty. Still good. unfulfilled. It's a good thing, Brad. It it honestly. I is. think so, it too. Totally it uh, opening my own business is, has been so rewarding. Uh, it's challenging. Yeah. Very challenging. Like yeah. we were talking about the small business burnout. It's hard. It's hard work, but it's very rewarding.
1: So how do you get through or how did you get through those days when you had those those days, those moments, how did you kind of just tell yourself, okay, listen, I'm going to work for this guy for a little bit longer, then I'm going to start focusing on my own. How did you get through that?
0: Um, it was, uh, it, it never really hit me until three years ago that, you know, I am good enough to go out on my own and do my own thing. It was always, you know, I'm going to work my nine to five, like mom and dad always told me, get a nine to five, get uh, union, Pension benefits,
1: buy a home. Does that exist today? No, that's. Or I guess out. I guess the question is: is that a feasible existence? I don't think so. I don't you, think so. Either. You got to
0: have a side hustle, man. You got to be. You got to have a second source of income. Yes. You know. You got to. You got to make the ends meet, right?
1: You have to. As much as we think, okay, we, we don't do nine to five. We never have construction is not a no. nine to five thing, and I get that you start speaking to other motivational people and they start talking and whatever Schwarzenegger talks about. You got so many hours per day and how many days you got and all this other stuff. So then you know reduce the amount of sleep you have, reduce the amount of going out. You have that's terrible advice. It, I know it's just, you can't. You got to have a nice balance with it, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. In construction, let's let's work our eight solid eight hours and then figure out how you can carve out an hour or two to do a side hustle. Figure out. Everybody's got other interests in their lives. Yeah. So focus on that, whether it's your significant other or even your kids or your family. Figure out where there's a potential to do something. That's how a great ideas start. Absolutely. And man. then it's not until someone actually takes the initiative to move it forward. So For sure. I, I agree with you 100% that in construction, we love it. It's passionate, but we have to have more. Yeah. It's the only way to survive.
0: Absolutely, man. So I was, I was doing my 7.30 to 5 every day, and then I would leave. I would leave my full-time job and then I'd go to a side job and I'd work from, you know, 5.30 till 10 o'clock at night, come home, in bed by 11, up at 5 the next day. How long did you do that for? I did that my entire 20s.
1: Wow. Yeah, man. You got the energy for that at that point. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's insane, (laughs) right? But then then you had the wake-up call and you just said, okay, I want to start my own business. Was it daunting for you to think, am I going to mess up? 100%. Hundred percent. Like, what do I do wrong, or what am I gonna do wrong? But 100%. Were, were you thinking that there was no resources out there to reach out to anybody or anything?
0: Well, a lot of it too was was my past. Growing up, my father always he was a bit of an asshole to okay. say the least. Yeah. Um, so I always had this uh, lack of self confidence. wasn't good enough to do anything. So that was always playing in the back of my head.
1: Was he in construction?
0: He was. Yeah, he taught me everything I know.
1: Okay, so all right. He,
0: he's not a he's not a bad man. He had a rough upbr- upbringing himself, so I don't hold it against him. But
1: it's the uh, way he knew how to be. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, it got to a point where the side work was just getting out of control. I finally said, you know what? I can either go and chase my dream, or I can live in misery. At this nine to five,
1: making a good wage, life. making a good wage, surviving, yeah. yeah. But but then you knew that it was eating away at you.
0: It was, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be in my fifties or sixties and say, God damn, I wish I fucking started. That yeah, business, yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. Right. So, can we swear on here? Of course you okay, can. Cool. This is the construction life, man. Right, love it. Uh,
1: <laughs> and and it's good that you made that move, man. So are you feeling that much better now that you did it, or are you still kind of over your head thinking, oh man? Yeah, there's some times where I get in my
0: head and I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? But also there's there's quite a few days where it's like, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. Instead of nine to five, now it's 24 seven. (laughs)
1: but is it fulfilling it is that's the question right so like there's different barometers for anybody that is looking for success or happiness or accomplishments it's like what one person's success is is it might be another person's failure it doesn't matter right for sure and the bottom line is as long as you're happy doing what you're doing as long as you're content with it and you're fulfilled by it
0: absolutely man and that that takes a lot of uh a lot of self-reflection and you know figuring out what you love, what your passion is. You know, happiness doesn't come from money. Nope. We all know that. Freedom does. Yeah, But, you know, you got to be fulfilled. You got to be doing what you love to be happy.
1: So what kind of projects do you tackle and, and what kind of clients are you looking for that you, you enjoy working with?
0: So right now, uh, like I'm trying to get myself into custom home building, but I'm starting out small. Yeah. Um, so we did uh, we did a custom home Uh, My first one on Washburn Island. It was a fun project, but it was a lot. Learning experience? Big learning experience. A hundred. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. So I'm trying to start out small, doing additions, second story additions. Yeah, just just going that route, uh, building my team. Finding some uh, some solid sub trades. If you're a sub trade, <laughs> hit me up in the DMs. I'm looking you, for guys. Bradley,
1: so. you have the same problem that we all have, I man. Know, and I know. it's just it's tough out there. It's it's very very tough out there. Are you like? I mean, myself when I got into the industry, I didn't have any formal training. I didn't go to school, but I would meet clients, and my passion was speaking for me. And they would ask me, "Can you build that?" And I would say, "Sure," because you would say yes to it. And then you would figure out how to do it. That's it, man. And it would start with the crew. You yeah. would you would partner up or find or conversate with somebody and just i'm looking for a specific foundation guy i'm looking for a specific framer then you would introduce m- meet these people and they would feel confident so now you feel confident and you bring that person in. is that how you're pulling it off and yeah, people absolutely because i can only absolutely. imagine that clients are coming up to you going okay sure can you do this bradley take care of this and you're like sure no problem at all yeah even though in the back of your head you haven't done it
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you're like just smile and nod yeah absolutely But you have to it. right and then you're 100%. figuring you're
1: figuring out the numbers and how to do it right yeah
0: man we all start somewhere right like like i said i'm a young buck right so
1: how has the pandemic been for you going through this because you started oh, it's been crazy is it has been insane it's thrived really yeah absolutely man so no issues whatsoever no other issues. than the, the typical material delays all yeah, the, the other yeah, crap yeah that's
0: yeah that bullshit yeah.
1: yeah so how are you dealing with the clients like when you're getting i know that we've had other guys on the show and we're talking about how they try to get six months in advance Try to get some sort of deposit, cover up all the ordering, so then you can order all the finishing, basically order it now to get it six to nine months later on. Yeah,
0: so usually I, in order to even book a client in, I'll take a 30% deposit. Good. And then uh, and then from there, I can order some materials. And one thing I always tell my clients, too, is this price is subject to change. because You have to. Have to. Yeah. It's, it's imperative because uh, I burned myself one time, and it was I lesson lost a couple learned. Thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: was like fuck. Wait till you get into the world where you start losing a lot more yeah, than that, yeah, I know. or the potential to lose a lot more than that. percent. And I know that on social media or even on podcasts, people don't generally talk about. I guess I call it the dark side of the construction life, because it's a reality. It's it is. part of it, right? You 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 might come across a bad client. You might come across a bad supplier. You might. And you just have to, it's like education. You just got to teach yourself or even just speak to other people that have gone through it,
0: Absolutely. see
1: how they handle it, what they did wrong, what they did right. And then it will help you build it because that's the one thing that I'm envious of you younger guys in construction versus when I got into it, you guys are a lot more tech savvy and also construction savvy to the point where a problem will arise and you'll solve it or come up with a solution a lot faster than we did. And that's really important because Absolutely. you have to be that way. For sure, and you got to be quick. Otherwise, it will affect your bottom line, right? Hundred percent. So, how time is the business? Is money. Sorry, time is money. It's a hundred percent that way, right? I mean, how are you? Are you running everything yourself?
0: Yeah, right now. For uh, now, huh? yeah, for now. Like I'm, I'm really trying to build out my, uh, build out my crews. So, if you're looking for a job, <laughs> <laughs> it's open. Me in the DMs, so, yeah. how
1: many guys you got working for you right now? Right
0: now, just two. Two guys. Two guys. Yeah. And I'm then everybody to...
1: else's subs. Yeah. And then, are you working with subs all over again and again, or you're still looking for you're still looking for other guys? Yeah, I like
0: to explore my options. Like I work all over the place. I go from you know Belleville to Toronto, and then as far north as Bancroft. Wow, and eh? maybe even hit up some spots in North Bay too. I I basically go anywhere I have accommodation. You don't so.
1: mind the commute, like no man. It's ah, it. a lot of driving. It man. is a lot of
0: driving, especially, especially <laughs> with gas.
1: Yeah, it's a pain. So, but you're gonna go where the clients are. That's it. Got to go where the money takes you. What are you doing for like marketing wise to get your messaging? It's still word of mouth, right? Ah,
0: uh, yeah, still word of mouth. I don't have a website. I mean, as it sits right now, I'm I'm completely swamped. Yeah, so I'm, so you're, I'm you're turning f- work away really for the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah.
1: Are you? Have you thought about what if this does turn into a recession? how to handle it
0: i I, i'm not really sure how to handle it man i i haven't looked that far ahead like right now i'm just kind of taking things how they are and just roll with the punches man if i uh, if i gotta lay people off and scale back then unfortunately that's life
1: that's gonna be the that's gonna be the option at that point yeah because i mean i know that you probably have agreements with clients everybody's ready you're scheduled you're booked to start finish clients can change their mind 100%. And they can, listen, we'll put the deposit on hold, or can we possibly have the deposit back? Then you have to have that conversation as a GC, working with them, going, okay, do I resist and be that dick? Or do I accommodate and leave a lasting impression for them? So when they do have a little bit of a turnaround, they go, okay, now we can pull the trigger and let's go forward. Mm -hmm. And I have always said that you should just be as friendly as possible.
0: Absolutely. And
1: hopefully you can fill that void of that client that's decided to push with another client that's decided to actually go ahead with it, right? For sure. For that's sure. all you can do, right? That's it,
0: man. But I and, and I try to be as upfront and honest with the with the clients as I can, try and understand, make them understand my point of view as well as understanding theirs too. Do they?
1: Do they? Understand? Some do. Yeah.
0: Some don't. Some like to be arrogant, but I mean that's that's life, right?
1: It's the one industry that. Um i guess the clientele automatically thinks to themselves that they can do it yeah and and i get it and i know there's a video a meme going around right now on ig and tiktok of the couple who's got the slabs of patio stones and he uh cut off the the strapping on it and all of a sudden one or two fell and then his wife came along to help out and then a few more fell and then they broke, right? And then everyone's just passing this around going, well, you know, hire a professional because they, they would know how to unstrap that stack of patio stones, right. right? But I guess that this is the industry, the one industry that clients think, well, we can do it. We just don't want to do it. We don't have the time to do it. Yep. Which is total bullshit yeah. because not everybody can do it. No. Like there's a certain set of skills, even though that we might look rough and tumbled and we're blue collar. And we're, you know, you might think, okay, this is a fallback for us. It's all horseshit. It's all it bullshit, is. right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot more that goes into a job than, than just, you know, if you're laying an in interlock, just digging a hole. And, you know, you got to know, you know, how thick your bedding is. You got to have the tools to do it. You got to have the truck. You got to have, there's so much stuff that goes into it that uh, these clients don't seem to really understand sometimes. And the- some do,
1: though. Some, Some do, and then those are the ones that respect you and and actually have no problem paying the fees that you're charging because they're well within a fair market rate for sure. Even though most of us um, haven't raised our rates to the level of the materials that have been raised, no, right? No, because like, we can't, because we we're going to price ourselves out. Exactly. But exactly. I mean, you know, like that's that's the only thing we, we're just being fair with them. So then those clients will understand. Okay, sure, that's a fair market value. We'll, we'll pay that, no problem. But then you get the other ones that have seen tv too much have read too many blogs have watched too many pinterest boards have yeah. done all this stuff thinking that you guys are charging too much hgtv yeah, specialists. All, all that yeah. crap right we all know it it's just it's not a, a, a it's not a realistic reflection of our industry no and that's all i've ever asked for from from day one is just i want a realistic reflection of our industry and unfortunately the only way that you get it is by being in the industry. That's it. Even Instagram is not a realistic reflection no, of our industry. No. Everyone is just all glitz and glam, and just make it look pretty, and nobody really focuses on key details. Exactly, and that's a, that's
0: every industry on social yeah. media, right? You yeah. Know, people just show you what they want to show you to make it glitzy and glamoury. Yeah. But behind the scenes, you know, it's it's a fucking war out there.
1: It's it's and if you're doing your business right, I would say that you would spend more time and effort preparing the job than actually physically doing the job 100 100 especially it's just,
0: doing these big like additions or, or a custom yeah. home it's all scheduling getting bids together yeah, yeah. you know it's running a business 100 percent.
1: talking with like each of your sub trades each of your suppliers is a key component to the machine and if you can work with them and try to figure out and also give them enough hev- of a heads up, then you can also get them the opportunity to come back at you and go, listen, I was just thinking about the job the other day. And I was thinking if we actually tackled it this way, we might be able to be a little more efficient and pull off that segment of it. Yep. And then that's what you want from your subtrades. That's what you want from your employees. That's what you want from the industry. Absolutely. You want to be a lot more of an efficient group. To, to help you build the business, and Absolutely. then you look great in front of the
0: clients. For sure, for sure. But and that, and I feel like that's one thing that a lot of these, tr- or at least what I've seen in the unions, is that a lot of these trades kind of lack. It's we're all in this together, man. You know, we're all we're all focusing on one goal, and that's you know to get this job done as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And you know, sometimes you're gonna have to step over guys and trip over each other's shit. Yeah. yeah. And but. You know, that's part of life. That's part of the trade,
1: man. The one thing with construction, though, is that, unfortunately, we're part of the smaller percentage. When I when I talk about community over competition, I think that, argument's sake or whatever, 90% of the industry thinks that the next person is competition. Yeah. Ten percent of the industry thinks that the next person is part of my community. Yeah. And I definitely think that we need to grow the community. So then you don't look at your next tradesperson as a competition, exactly. a competitor. Exactly. You look at them as part of your community. And what what do communities really want to do? They want to build it. They want to thrive from it. They want to grow it. Competition just wants to dismiss it. Yeah. And just go i take it, yeah, destroy it and take it away from you. And then I, I'm gonna feed my mouths instead of you feeding your mouths when yeah. they don't realize that there's plenty for everybody. There's tons, man. There's tons of work out there. There's
0: tons of work out there. You know, we just gotta we just gotta be good to each other, man. That's all it is, that's man. It. I
1: mean, it's just it's that's just the truth of it. So why did you leave the union? Work got overwhelming with, the, the, with side. the side hustle. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was was good, that a man. hard decision to make? to It the was. Yeah, yeah, it was a really hard decision. Because of the, the benefits, the security. But yeah. also, I mean, with the strike going on right now, I've yeah. been hearing a lot of like, it's not all that great. It's not, man. It's not all it's hyped up to be
0: personally. Yeah. But, you know, it's good for some guys. You know, they got kids. They got a family that they got to take care of. Steady
1: number every it, single week. Yeah,
0: that's it. That's guaranteed money in your pocket. So, you know, I see it from that point of view. But for me, I'm I'm young, I'm single. Fuck, now's my time to do it. To do
1: to make these moves. That's it. Because later on, when you start getting settling down and having a family, your mindset will be different.
0: It will be, yeah. And hopefully, I'll be a little more established.
1: Yeah. So. Where 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 do you think you want to take your business from here?
0: My my vision is to start building gated communities up north wow yeah so i haven't looked too too much into it but buying some land on some waterfront and having kind of a communal beach with a gated community and i don't know i just feel like we've gotten so far away from that with the city people are living on top of each other and it's just a fucking madhouse
1: the City's not all that cracked up to be mad no i hate it I like hate I, it. I i love visiting the city like, I'll come into the city because the one thing that I'm envious with the city is that you if you're living in a certain area, almost today, like in Toronto, you can almost live in any area and step out your front door. And anything you want is within a walking distance ratio. Yeah. Right. Which I totally get and I appreciate. But also within that walking distance are all the fucking idiots out there yeah. that think that they are entitled to be fucking idiots. Yeah. Because they live in the city. Yeah. And I'm like... It's, it's arrogance. Yeah. Complete arrogance, man. So a, a gated community away from everything <sighs> makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense to me. Anybody doing that right now up there? Not that I've seen.
0: Like, I do a lot of driving. A lot of driving up north. Uh, my mom actually lives in uh, uh, on Papineau Lake. Okay. but bancroft area so i'm okay. always up there doing quotes driving around and i i haven't seen anything like it there's there's you know the one-off mansion but i'm talking like monster five thousand six thousand square foot homes in a nice gated community with a communal beach like i think that'd be badass
1: but that'd be really cool i actually, don't know man. i don't
0: know if uh, i don't know if the money's in it but you know i'm not at the You'd end of the surprised. day i'm not i'm not super in it for the money man construction's my passion building homes is my passion so i mean obviously you have to make money while doing it but yeah. that's not the bottom line
1: but the money's there if you plan everything properly for i mean sure. e- even when we do jobs and if you look back on that job I'm sure you can see where you potentially could have made a little bit more money based on that, yeah. And that would have just been a better business decision instead of you actually stepping on anybody's toes. Right. It's all. It's all a learning process. It's lessons learned. That's all it is, man. man. As long as
0: you don't make the same mistake twice, keep plugging along, man.
1: The guys that are working for you right now, your age bracket, or anybody? Yeah,
0: my age bracket. I'm. I'm really trying to find someone experienced because they're pretty green. Yeah. You know, I'm running these jobs, plus trying to do quotes, plus trying to keep clients happy. It's a lot, Bradley. Honestly, oh, man, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's tough.
1: You got to, at some point, you're going to have to start delegating and handing off to certain people to take care of certain details. Absolutely. Right? Otherwise, I'm it's just going to be
0: Systematize the business.
1: Well, exactly. What's going to happen is that the whole business is going to be affected. For sure. If you don't do that. Yeah. right so and that's not what you want because that's not the impression you want to leave with your clients or leave with other tradespeople as absolutely well absolutely not yeah yeah and so how has it been trying to find i guess more seasoned guys or are they the seasoned guys looking at you going oh i don't why I don't, I don't want to work for somebody that's half my age what's the point of that Yeah, i think that has a lot to do with it which makes no sense to me man. yeah people don't really
0: uh, i don't know if they don't take me seriously or they think uh, this is just another guy that's gonna fucking close shop and a year, yeah. year and a half but man I'm I'm swamped it's been really hard to try find a season a season guy in the industry because most of them are taken up and there's so much work out there so many houses being built that there's no one available that, but the, the amount of people that have reached out to me since this since this strike it's like yeah I can I can bring a guy on for a couple of weeks, but I'm going to invest in this guy and give him and money. And then you're going and, right and back to, and then I'm back to square one, man. I don't yeah. want to do that. Fuck that shit.
1: It's not against, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the union rules, but that,
0: yeah, it, they can't work. They're they not can't. Right. No. Yeah.
1: So no. The, but they're, they want to do it because they need to work because they've got to provide.
0: Yeah. But, but that's I, what
1: your union's for, by the way, I'm sorry to say. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right?
1: Exactly. So, so where's your union at this point? Cause exactly. what I'm hearing is I'm hearing rumblings about how the union is going to try to just force them. To accept whatever they could possibly get, which yeah. isn't fair because in all, just to give some highlight to everybody that's listening is that 183 has not had a contract renegotiated in three years. Yeah, I think correct? it's every three years. They, yeah. They do so basically right before the pandemic, they went right through the two years of the pandemic making the exact same. Nobody, no increases, no nothing, nothing changed. And now here's an opportunity to renegotiate. And they're not willing to renegotiate.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I don't It's understand. not fair. It's not fair, man. Yeah. If inflation's at some stupid number. You know, house prices are up, what, 28% in the last five years.
1: It's- See, the powers that be, they're going to hate it because if they give in to the members, to the union, then they're stuck with that for three years. And if the economy turns, then it's going to hurt their bottom line. But they are forgetting it's been hurting the members' bottom line for the last three years. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, come on, man. It's no different than, I don't know if you remember a few years back, well, a few years, maybe 10 years back, uh, when, when Canada's dollar was at parity and how we kept on arguing about why are we still paying more for the same product that costs exactly the same in the U.S.? And their argument was, well, we already put those orders in. And I'm like, this is years after the fact. So there's no way you guys put these orders in, but we were still getting screwed over at paying more for a product that the U.S. was paying the exact same amount. Yeah. And we never benefited from that. So it's the same thing with the union here is that you lock into this contract now, three years, economy turns, they lose, members win. Economy's not turning in three years. That's
0: what they got to understand, man. Yeah.
1: it's Man.
0: I know. It's tough. It's, it's...
1: I know that, I mean, Carly is going to be back on the show eventually. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff going on right now, but I know that he's a huge... A proponent of the union, and he understands the benefits and how it's going to work, and he appreciates all this other stuff. So it's kind of a nice yin yang between him and I. For sure. And it's not that I've got a negative impression of it. I just look at it like there's somebody else benefiting other than the union member. Yeah. That's the problem that I have. So if you and I've always said it, when unions began, amazing idea, perfect. Stand up for the small person. You know, what I mean, give them some rights, give them some fair value, fair rate, fair everything. Right. That totally was respectful. When it started becoming a little bit of a corrupt machine, the way our government is, and possibly every government out there, that's when I have a problem with it. Because now all you try to do is keep the little person as low as possible, yep. and then the top tier continue making more and more money. Yep. And that's, I get it, that's capitalism, I totally understand it, but it's not fair. No, it's not. It's bullshit. We're in a country that we know for a fact that there's no middle class here. No we got rid of the middle class a long time long
0: ago long time ago man
1: so we're in an industry that we've been beaten down and pushed you know to the bottom so we're part of the lower you know class and and they're trying very effectively to keep us away from the upper yeah class oh don't even get me started on politics uh, that's maybe. i mean it's a conversation <laughs> that we have on the job sites like we talk about it and i get it and it's like either you try to grow and get to their level but then you do exactly what they're doing to us right now, yeah. which we don't want to happen, right? So you and if you're passionate about construction, you care about other people, and you want to help your 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 brother, your sister, and everything like that in the industry. That's not the kind of person you are. You can't be that way. No,
0: and that's one thing that like I tried to implement into my business. You know, I wanna I wanna implement like a, a commission sales base for any of my employees. So if they're that's bringing, smart, if they're bringing jobs boom here's here's a little finder's fee you know smart and then, and then implement some sort of training programs to bring them through the process of what it's like to quote that job you know so you're educating them for the foreman's maybe have them take on a full custom build if they sell it you know yeah uh, it's, it's still a bit of a gray area for me because i am i am so new into the industry but that's sort of the way I want to go, man. I want to take care of my people.
1: That's community, man. That there's is. there's lots of good companies out there that do that. And and ones that I can think of off the top of my head right now are DGR and also Jesse Barboza. So they look at it as the team. They look at the collective. Absolutely. And if you're contributing and you're being a part of it and you're also letting them know, here's what's on the table. This is the potential contract that we're going to have. How does everybody feel about this? Mm-hmm. Do we all Are we all on the same page here? Because the thing is... Then the team is gonna work together. Absolutely. And right? that's
0: that's what you want. That's what makes you money, man. Yeah. If you got people trying to stab each other in the back and it's a very negative work environment and shit's not gonna get done.
1: Yeah, it's true, man.
0: I try to create a family atmosphere in my business and and you know, a collective team effort.
1: I would encourage anybody that if you're paying attention on social media and I mean because it's hard to meet. Uh, that's the one benefit I love about this show is that I get to meet so many different kinds oh. of trades people and I get a sense of who they are and how they run their business. And eventually I'd love to get to the point where I'm actually recording shows on their job sites and seeing how their work is so then I can get a better reflection of who they are. For sure. Um, but I mean, a lot of us in the industry don't get this opportunity to sit down and talk to somebody for 90 minutes and figure out what makes them tick. Yeah. So I mean, on social media, if you can't I obtain that opportunity... But if you see somebody on social media and then you respect what they're doing or what they're sharing, or what they're talking about, reach out, man. I encourage you to reach out to them and just listen, just shoot them a message. I mean, I had a guy, uh, Timmy from Virginia, reach out this morning when I checked and he was like, listen, this is a long shot. I've been following you, Manny. I respect what you have to say. And I'm just wondering if you know any contractors in the Virginia area <laughs> that you could possibly recommend. And I and I just said, I, I don't off the top of my head but I just gave him some ideas and some suggestions and I just said, listen, all you could really do is just keep on reaching out to those pages that you, you think that you could possibly respect or work with and just keep on asking them, send them messages and just be playful and nice about it Absolutely. And, and just be honest. And as, as much as you can be forth willing with your thoughts or your questions, totally be honest just say listen i don't want to be taken advantage of i don't want to lose money i don't want to do all this other stuff i think you will eventually find just like the powers of attraction you will find a tradesperson out there that will respond to you and actually answer you in the same fashion
0: absolutely that's
1: all i could say because i really there. do not i don't even think i've driven through virginia yeah. i mean no, i'd love me to go either. and check it out but i mean uh, it was just funny that that message came in and that's the same mindset
0: absolutely and that's that's actually how i started following you man i threw yeah. up a post on social media because uh you know i quit i quit drinking uh, a year and a half ago okay and uh how's that going uh, it's going good man yeah it's going good yeah Yeah, it's a tough one it 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 is and it is okay you know it's super rewarding and life on this side of the fence is way more beautiful i can tell you that for sure. nice good for you man yeah i appreciate that man thank you but uh actually alonzo clueless framer that uh (laughs) the the sticker i was talking to him him? this morning i talked to him all the time Yeah. yeah yeah he's a good guy he's a good guy so so yeah i actually uh i worked with him on a, a field gate site when i was in the union and he told me to reach out to you so i <laughs> shot you a follow and, that's funny yeah. yeah
1: it's a small community man and everyone just like uh th- trust me don't bradley i got my enemies i don't give a shit right but there are i don't care about that but i, I do respect anybody that reaches out and i'll answer anybody that reaches out to me just the yeah, same man. way that you did to me and then we got talking about it right yeah so, you're a humble
0: guy i appreciate I,
1: it i just I, I know that whatever i can offer i will offer You know what I mean? Like this other kid, I think he's just as young as you. It might be 26 or 27. Leo, a stucco guy. He just reached out and he just was asking me, um, how do I know I'm making money, Manny? And I'm like, it's a very valid question. (laughs) It's a a totally (laughs) legit question, man. Are there concrete answers to that? And it was an interesting conversation. He, he just he, he DM me as I was literally walking into a meeting and I just responded back going, listen, Leo, thanks for reaching out. I'm just going into a meeting. I could chat later on this afternoon. Here's my number. Right. So then he calls me up in the afternoon. I think we talked for about an hour and, and he was just literally trying to figure out how do I know I'm making money? So then he just broke down his business and he talked to me about his team, who he's working with, where he's at. And then he figured out that he was at a 31 or 33 percent profit margin. And I was like, well, that's good, but let's figure out, is it actual profit? So then he started talking about how, well, that's me paying all my guys, but then I haven't paid myself yet. Right. I go, so then you're not at 33%. Yeah. And,
0: and I then go, you got overhead expenses.
1: That's exactly the next question that I asked. So I basically said, okay, so what's the overhead? He goes, well, I've got an office that I use to work out of, and I've got a storage unit, and then I've got my vehicle that I'm still covering my monthly expenses for that. I go, so now you're not at 33%. Yeah, now that's so, down to
0: 14 Yeah,
1: so you got. he goes, well, yeah, but I'm doing really well, and the numbers are coming in. I was going, but are you really doing well? Like you need to calculate all these figures at these numbers and try to figure out, are you making money from that? So by the end of the conversation, I started making some suggestions to him about what he should be paying attention to. And then also I told him, I go, listen, I get it that you're young. You're getting started. You need to be including yourself in that group of tradespeople, subs, or whoever it is, your employees, you're one of them. And now you're giving yourself a rate. Absolutely. And, the, and then the interesting thing that he brought up was, and it's a lot of young guys have done this before. They calculate what their nut is. So they calculate what their condo, rent, maintenance, mortgage, car payment, fuel, whatever. They calculate that number and they go, that's what I wanna be paid. And I'm like, that's wrong. Uh, No, you gotta pay
0: yourself what you're worth.
1: Yes, you gotta look at your skill set. Who are you, like, what are you worth? You have to figure out, okay, so all your guys that you're working with, you got a 12 man team or whatever it is, and low guys being paid 20 bucks an hour for argument's sake top man is being paid 40 45 bucks an hour where are you in mm-hmm. that range are you 45 are you 50 are you 30 or whatever calculate that how many hours the job was figure out how much money that you should be getting made now put that nut into that expense column figure out your overhead with the storage unit the office and everything put that in there mm-hmm. and now figure out your profit yeah. and i said realistically in construction you should have a 21 to 25 percent profit yeah that's what your business should be making Right now, you take that money and figure out what you want to do with the business now. And in these uncertain times, you should be looking at it going, Maybe, pocket, yeah, save 100%. it, keep it, hundred percent. Don't be buying a brand new truck, brand new tools until the tools are completely dead and you've serviced the hell out of them. Thought, I'm not going to use this tool anymore. Just be a little more, and I know that a lot of the guys out there, you know, Missaga Hardware and the Tool Academies and things like that, they don't want to hear that, but they also want to still feed us, and they'll help us out when the dark days come, they'll help us out with some deals, they'll they'll, sure. they'll reduce things, so yeah. they just want to make sure that we keep on working well, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And, and touching on that, as for the overhead expenses, what I do is I just take all my, you know, my monthly expenses, my annual expenses... And I calculate them all into what it costs me for one year. And then I take that and I divide it by 2,200 hours. Okay. And then I actually have a, an hourly rate for all my overhead expenses. And then I tack on a little bit more uh, for some profit for the business. I like that. That's yeah. Cl- yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. That
1: makes so sense. It's, it
0: simplifies it. Yeah. So then, then once you start adding a little more overhead expenses, say you hire a secretary or something like that. You kind of take her salary, divide it by 2,200 yep. hours, yep. and then throw that in your, in your hourly wage for your
1: business. I've also seen guys figure out, okay, I've got a business. I need a, an extra body handling a lot of administrative. So then they figure out, okay, what am I going to pay this person? What's the wage I'm going to give this person to do all these duties? But on the back end of that, they calculate, what am I going to get in return for paying this person X amount of money? so i have to actually make money off of that person because i'm going to pay them 60k for the year to handle all these duties but i need to somehow make 100 or 150k off of this person doing this task for 60k Mm -hmm. that's running the business
0: yeah but you got to think about it on one end too is your time is money yes right so if you're taking time off of your schedule, that frees up a whole lot more time to, you know, go out and sell jobs.
1: Sell jobs, side hustle, do something else. That's it. Surprise, surprise, spend time with the family. Downtime for yourself. Like there's, everyone keeps forgetting that. There was an interesting thing that I I read somewhere, and and I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peterson and other people that speak a certain way. Love them. And it's just fascinating that when we talk about suicide rates, that it's something like 77% or something like that are male. Are male. Yeah, man. Male. One in five construction workers suffer from And that's mental the health. next one. Exactly. But yet in construction, the tough men don't talk about this. No. They don't bring it up for the stigma. They don't want, I guess, certain tradespeople to look at them going, well, you're a pussy. Yeah. You're weak. You're weak. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not like nobody ever knows what the fuck's going on in someone's life. Other than the job site. And trust me, man, I've been on job sites where I've had a shit fucking week, like horrible fucking week personally. And I try to keep the face that you possibly can because you know that you're the quarterback of the job, right? So everyone's looking up to you because you get on site and you're the bubbly person. You're the energetic person. You're the positive person. And then if you don't show up that way and then someone looks at you and you're going, everything all right? Ninety-nine percent of the men in construction will say everything's fine. Yeah, I'm good. And it's a complete fucking lie. It is, because they don't want. I guess they just don't want to be seen that way, or they don't want to portray that way.
0: Yeah, like a lot of it too. Like uh, I know people are are big on you know oh you know we support men and let's end the stigma, but you know as soon as, as soon as a you know dominant man opens up and spills his heart out, people never look at them the same. No. You know, and that's, that's, that's That's wrong. It is. That's the stigma behind it, man. But, you know, on uh, me, on my social media, like I've gone through the trenches, man. I've gone through alcoholism, drug addiction, depression, suicide. I've been through it. And, and I'm totally open, man. I'm totally open about me and my story. And, you know, I try and encourage others to, to be the same. And I get, I get tons of people shooting me in the DMs and, and reaching out to me and guys, guys that, I never would have thought would be going through these sort of times.
1: You just assume everything's perfect.
0: Yeah, because they got a smile on their face, you know.
1: And it's not that we're dismissing women in general that don't go through this. No, But I find it interesting that there's such a large population of men that have all these pressures on our lives. And there's a lot on our shoulders. You know, we have to provide. We have to do this. and, And then all of a sudden you start realizing, what if I am not here anymore? What's going to happen now? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And you got to figure out at what point do you get where you pushed so far that all of a sudden that you can't even speak to somebody else. And it's a difficult thing to bring up on a construction site. Like you said, it's not a conversation that other tradespeople want to hear or be a part of or share or contribute. No. Only a small percentage of them will actually listen. And that's the best thing you can do is just listen, man. That's it. They're not necessarily looking for a solution. They're just looking for a someone. To, that's it. You know? That's all it is, man. Yeah. And, and like,
0: I don't know, man. It's a tough one. It's a tough, it's, one. It it's a tough, tough.
1: one because you're, you're balancing the business. And I know that I've had this conversation with Taylor, who was on the, on the show when we did our 200 event, and she's a, a practicing psychologist. And we were talking about that, and she was just more about it's really about the listening, about having that, it's not looking for solutions, you're not looking for any of that kind of thing, you're just trying to listen, but it's a difficult environment when it comes to the construction life. It is. To have someone listen, but the thing is that at least you could be compassionate, and just understand what they may potentially be going through. And I get it that, you know, a lot of people say, this too shall pass, you know what I mean? And But the shit thing is that when you look at life sometimes, this too shall pass could take fucking years. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Years, man. Absolutely. It's not about like it's a bad week. It's a bad month. It's a bad fucking years, man. Bad couple years. (sighs) Look
0: at the last three years, man. People have been locked up in their homes. Sitting with their own thoughts.
1: No talk about mental health. No talk about nothing. what's what's it doing to. No help. Help. Nothing at all.
0: Nothing. Just all, it's, you alcohol, know it's, drugs, it's, and it's, your own thoughts. The man. latest
1: on the news are talking about how the government's been tracking our phone devices and finding out how many times we took a trip to the LCBO, our liquor board here, yeah. to buy uh, alcohol or anything like that. And I'm like, why the fuck do we even have to have this data? What's the point? What's the point of having this data? Yeah. There's no reason you be sh- you should be spending taxpayers' dollars on. On this kind of data you should be calculating how many people had divorces how many people had like abuse in look their homes look at the amount of suicides suicides that all ch- that in children. children i know
0: it's disgusting like that's
1: the conversations that we should be having to figure yeah. out and and then also figure out how do we stop that how do we help that shit
0: exactly not like okay and this liberal government doesn't uh, give a dude, fuck, man
1: it's a fucking nightmare what's what's been, it's, you know what it is is you know how you've heard a saying where money doesn't change people yeah money amplifies the person that you are 100 percent. and when it came to our leaders all of them have made so much money and it just amplified who they truly are yeah it showed their true colors and then meanwhile us everybody that's in hardworking industry and and i get that we have a little i guess the general population has perceived the construction industry is like we're lucky because we were deemed essential and we were still working while other people were not working and i'm like hey Pump the brakes there a little bit. Let's correct a little bit of that bullshit that you just shared right now. You got to stay at home, still got paid full, other than the hospitality suite. Other than the hospitality suite. And I've got plenty of friends in the hospitality and, you know, the whole industry, right? I saw them deathly scared. What the fuck is going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my mortgage? What's going to happen? They were freaking out Mm -hmm. because the unemployment insurance, the CERB and whatever was not enough. But... All government workers got to go home, full pay, full benefits, full everything, and basically do fuck all compared to what you were doing to begin with. You yeah. weren't even providing an eight-hour day yeah. to begin with. Now you're going home. Six to provi- packs. You're providing a two-hour day, and you're still getting paid the full dollars, Sitting right? Sitting in your jammies. So don't be talking about how we're construction were essential, and, and basically we were making pure cake. No, we weren't making pure cake. We were surviving is what we were doing. That's all it is. And now we're still surviving. And you guys are now being called back to work. A lot of you guys have gotten retro pay. So you suffered for those, those two years. But now you've got retro pay on top of that. So I just look at it like anybody who's been making money are all these leaders. And like I said, it just amplified who you truly are. Yeah. That's all it was, man. Yeah. So, uh, that's my political rant for that. Uh, man. I know. I, I could go on for
0: days, man. I could go on for days. But there's a lot of controversial opinions that I hold that I try to keep to myself.
1: The bottom line is that government was designed to help the people. And the problem is that when, when I see the government not helping the people. Pisses not, me off. You're not doing your job. No. It's kind of like us being asked to build a house and we show up and we don't build a house. Yeah. We just show up, but we don't build. Yeah. We don't put a single. We took the money. Yeah, we took the money, but we don't build. No. Then, then, then we're not doing our job. So the government should be replaced at that point. Absolutely. But then there's rules that they the government's place for themselves that prevents them from being it's replaced, which is such a system. man. It's such it's a bad. corrupt system. It's bad man. All right, let's talk about some good stuff in the construction all right, industry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what tool brand are you, man? Milwaukee, baby. You're red. Yes, sir. Why red? Why did you choose red?
0: Uh, honestly, or did
1: red choose you? Red chose
0: me, man. Uh, how did that work out? I got my out? first first drill set when I was uh, when I was 18 for Christmas, and it was Milwaukee. It was, it just it was a just set from my sister. My favorite color is red, so it's just so wine. it won't
1: matter if Santa shows up and it gives you yellow. You ain't nah, taking it. That shit out. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always said that somehow in your history, someone influenced you. And it wasn't a social media influencer that convinced you to go a certain brand, and then you're just loyal to that brand at that point.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Um, Why do you like
1: red so much, man?
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's just, uh, it looks good on me. They don't have a
1: table saw, and they don't have a good miter saw. they do. They have a table saw? Yeah, they got
0: a table saw. When did they
1: come up with a table saw? Uh, A couple years ago, I think. Battery, or is it
0: corded? Uh, I think they have both options, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, you see them at Home Depot all the time. Are they good? I haven't bought one yet. <laughs> so, what are you running that. for a table saw? Uh, I just got one of those old school, fucking stand ones. That's it's, it. Simple. Yeah, it was a hand me down from my dad. Got it. It works though. So. Miter saw? Uh, Milwaukee. A Milwaukee. Yeah. I just don't like it, man. Honestly, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of their chop saw. Their stand sucks. The stand's brutal. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. It's brutal, but. Uh,
1: I just want to admit that I'm sorry, but Bosch's gravity stand for the miter oh, saw dude, the thing and for the that. table saw, it that's the stand. Yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Hundred percent, right? 100%. So it's it's a it's expensive, but it's a good stand. Yeah, right. Like it's one little lever collapses and on wheels. Yeah, done. Done. It's bigger, and a lot of guys who are running pickup trucks, they don't like it because it takes a lot of space on the back there. But if you got a van, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but no other tools you got? Like nothing else you got?
0: No, I think all my shit's Milwaukee. What do you
1: man. even concrete SDS stuff? All Milwaukee? All Milwaukee, yeah. Wow, That's oscillating that. tools, all Milwaukee. All Milwaukee. I'm just trying to figure out Milwaukee. The
0: the the thing is is I, I don't like carrying a bunch of different brands because you got to have the batteries for yeah, that brand. It's a platform. You know? yeah. yeah. So once you stick to
1: one, stick to one. And then you're running a pickup truck there, right? So yeah. what year is that thing? Uh, Twenty one. Oh, so it's brand new. Brand new, yeah. A GM what? What is it? Uh, It's a Chevy Silverado. Man, I mean, I I, I saw you pull in there, and I was like going, I kind of missed the days of pickup trucks, man. Yeah. Honestly, yeah.
0: I, I was so torn whether or not I wanted like a Sprinter van or a truck.
1: You can't use the Sprinter van for personal use. No, I not And I, I feel and weird on the weekends when I'm driving the Sprinter van for personal use. I'm like, why am I in this fucking box? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Truck, you wouldn't feel that way.
0: Yeah, so my plan was to buy an enclosed trailer, but trailer. you see what the fuck they're worth now. Holy shit,
1: man. Guys are, what are they drinking? Like, what are they smoking? I don't understand what they're I doing for them to think that that's what... 20 tra- grand yeah. for a fucking trailer? What do you got, gold in there? No kidding. Like, what's Does going- it come with a happy ending? I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> honestly. Are they, they're they just being greedy at that
0: point. 100%. That's all it is. 100%. It's supply and demand, right? It's like the housing market. It's supply and demand. There's not enough There's not enough supply to keep up with the demand.
1: Well, I mean, with, with the housing, we got our genius government officials talking about the construction industry is not building fast enough to sustain the homes that we need <laughs> for all the right. immigrants coming in. And I was like, that's not the problem, no. you fuck nuts. It's like, that's not what's going on here. No. You guys have basically created a market to make these home prices go up this high.
0: It's foreign investors. That's, that's all it is, man. It is. And I know that the and latest. Nothing, nothing against them. No,
1: but they should have prevented that. Absolutely. It just became basically the wow wow West now at that point.
0: 100%. So and you now, basically,
1: like, that's where the self sufficiency comes in. Yeah. Like, Canada's such a great nation. Why aren't we more self sufficient? Yeah. We, we all know that our lumber milled here, shipped, shipped. to the US. Yeah. Then it's shipped back at a premium to us. Yeah, like yeah. who the fuck made that deal? No kidding. It's no just kidding. stupid, right? Yeah, it's and and that's that's just lumber. That's just timber. There's other industries. Oil. Everything. Yeah, man. It's
0: oh, fucking. It's bad. frustrating. Very frustrating. We have the most natural resources in than any other country in the entire world. I know. I know. And you know we're gonna ship in oil from fucking Russia.
1: Come on. It makes no sense, Come man. On. It makes no. Well. It makes sense depending on who's looking at things. Yeah, yeah. That's Saving a, the
0: world one liter at a time.
1: That's the scary thing about it, right? So, I mean, all right. So, what is your specialty? When you are, you're still on the tools, of course, right? Yeah, so you're still, still doing tools, work. So yeah. what's what do you focus on?
0: Uh, I like to focus on uh, renovations. Renovations is my bread and butter. I'll take on the odd deck to kind of fill the schedule. And so then, you're
1: basically a wood guy, a framer, yeah, wood. trim. Oh yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yep. Any other, any other traits that you're not envious of that you're like, oh, I don't want to touch that, man?
0: I don't know, man. I like concrete. I did concrete for a couple of years. There's a, there's a really special enjoy- love for concrete. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Know, there's just something about it that yeah, I really appreciate. <laughs> it's hard, laborious work. It is. It's but very, it's satisfying it, work. Super satisfying.
1: Yeah, there, oh, yeah. There's a certain joy at the end of it when you pull it off and everybody's drenched, yeah. depending on how hot or cold the day was. And then the work is done, and you look at it and going, "Fuck, we did that, man. Yeah, we pulled it off. Absolutely, as a team too, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I gotta say, one trade that I fucking hate <laughs> is drywall. Hanging drywall, hanging drywall, mudding, taping, and I'm good at it.
1: But a lot of drywallers think that that's the most important trade in the entire business.
0: Absolutely, because <laughs> you could you could you could get a shit job on on your taping. And then sure. you walk into the house and it's just like, oh, what the fuck is this? It's crap. I yeah. know. Yeah. What does the rest of the house look like?
1: That's what's scary, man. Yeah. That's what. That's when I just walk right into the closet. I got to look at the closet yeah, yeah, and find out. Get the out. flashlight out. Yeah. And just take a look at it. Then you know exactly how important that job was for that person. Exactly. 100%. That's <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get more drywallers on the show. I know there's a, a gentleman. His name escapes me. He's in London there. And during the pandemic, uh, he listens to the show, so forgive me for forgetting your name, ACY a- a- C- Drywall, I-, I can't remember exactly, but okay. he's in London. And I was planning on driving out there to do a few shows, and then he was like, listen, let's, let's try to schedule this soon because I'm planning on moving back to the States Oh shit! because of this shit that's going on in Canada. And I was like, I don't blame you, man. Yeah, but I, I, I think he's buddies. having a hard time trying to get back into the States, trying to get work in the States. Um, so it's like I'll, I'll get him on the show eventually And then he can talk about The whole drywall But every so often He's sending me DMs Going look at this shit That I'm looking at today Yeah And I was like I feel for you man yeah. I totally feel for you I get that a lot From electricians From plumbers Everyone's coming across Certain bullshit work It's just people don't, Just don't care And don't it, it's fuck. the 90-10 rule man 90% yeah. of the industry Doesn't honestly fucking care mm-hmm. 10% cares Yeah But we can't speak For the other 90 Exactly That's the problem And it's
0: it's tough Like being Like uh you know, doing these big jobs, the the custom builds and the and the additions, it's it's weeding through all these trades, and unfortunately, you're gonna get a couple of those ninety percenters who don't give a fuck and they go in, slap it together, and leave for the paycheck, right? But- how
1: would you handle that, Bradley? Like, how would you? I guess they give you a price. You start seeing them. You're trying them for the first time. They give you a price. You start seeing them do the work. And all of a sudden, it's not what you Yeah, I think implementing
0: something into the contract right off the hop. Yeah. You know, quality control. If it's not up to the standards, then.
1: I've done it before where as soon as I start, I'm always there on the first day. I'm always there on the first hour because I want to see, especially if it's someone else that's been hired through, I guess, a client hiring them because they just speak highly of them. I'm like, okay, fine. No problem. I'll Mm -hmm. be there. And then I start seeing bullshit work. And then I'll bring it up. And then I'll just ask the client, how much do you want me to bring up? Like, how much do you want me to share? Because I'm going to let you know right now, I'm not going to make a friend. Mm -hmm. But this is your house. You've brought this person in. What do you want me to do about this? Right. And then they'll tell me, well, you're the GC. I need you to focus and make sure that the work is being done. I go, great. Another friend I'm going to make. Yeah. So then I, I bring it up and then they look at you as if I just ran over their fucking puppy. Yeah and i'm like i'm sorry man like I, that's, that's not what i'm used to yeah so yeah. it's like either you do it properly or you don't do it at all and then it just gets fucking worse for yeah me.
0: it's it's a it's a tough situation it's definitely a double edged sword yeah yeah the hardest part about building out your your team is weeding through all those guys who are just quick in quick out a lot
1: of guys have blinders on that's the thing though like they've given you a number they come in they know exactly they'll come in thinking I'm here for four days. I'm, I'm gone. And the moment you start speaking up, saying I've got a problem with this, they start looking at four days, turn into five days, mm-hmm. five days, turns into six days. Now you're pissing them off because they've got another job set up on the fifth day. Yeah. And now you got <laughs> to...
0: T- I try to be as upfront and honest with my trades as possible. And I tell them, look, you know, add a couple extra days on, take the time and do good fucking work because this is my my brand that you're that you're going to be representing here so
1: how um, do they react to that
0: most of them are pretty good okay most of them are pretty good you know Uh, time is money right so they end up they get paid for it
1: i had i was texting was it this week yeah it was this week i was texting a couple of guys and i just rolled into my neighborhood and i saw a bunch of cop cars just leave and i'm like oh that's interesting what's going on in the hood right all of a sudden, I park, and my neighbor goes, oh, you just missed it. And I'm like, what did I miss, right? And he goes, um, and I just saw the corner of my eye, like about four or five houses away, fire truck and bridge. Oh, and I'm no. like, okay, all right, so you know where this is going. Oh, yeah. And this has never happened to me. Um, and I've had some guys on the show, and they've talked about it happening to them. But uh, there was a job going on about four or five houses away from me, and, and, and it was, like, fine. It was good. It was guys that were just showing up. Music was blaring. Right. And I didn't give a shit. Right. It doesn't bother me like that. But I just I quickly glance over and I see trucks, no signage, no nothing. Right. Two, three days later on, all of a sudden they're digging and they hit the gas line. Yeah. And my neighbor was like, yeah, like it was, a, it was like a, a frightening, whistling, screaming sound. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he goes, you could hear it all the way to the, to the stop sign there. I was going, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> and I go, um, okay, so then what's going on? He goes, well, they're still assessing it there. And I was going, well, they're going to get fined. Oh, that's, I guarantee it's you. It's a huge fine. How many trucks were there? And Embridge was still there assessing it. The white hats were there. Everything was there, and I was like, "Going, well, yeah." So they just finished capping it. I literally just missed it. They finished capping it, right? And uh, and all of a sudden, now for two days, they've been finishing up the job, and no radio. Everyone's fucking got their head down, and no signage, or anything like that. And I just said. Nobody did locates, man. No, that's just a, that's the number one assessment. Call before you dig, man. If I was Stevie Wonder investigating this, that's exactly what I would say. I would just say nobody did locates, and and what they they were they're basically building a front concrete porch extension, so they're building the foundation wall, and they were excavating down by hand, spade shovels along the same line where the gas line was running. Odds are they hit it, and that's what the whistling was. And the for problem sure. is it, it was a good thing that it wasn't a backhoe or it wasn't anything else. It was a good thing that nobody was smoking around there because it could have. That's where the – well, and it's boom. true. The fine, I, I, I think it's about 10K for the fine.
0: Yeah, 10K. So that's what I can heard.
1: understand why their heads are down now because whoever's running that job just lost all their profit. Yeah,
0: gone. See you later.
1: But all they had to do was make a locate. And then I was recently told about – It takes no lo- time. It, well, by law here in Canada and here in Ontario – locates has five days to make sure that they come out and do it yeah so you put the call in five days within five days it's simple too it's done yeah i mean gas is the one scary thing i don't give a shit about cutting a telecommunications cable and at that, that. that i don't care about that hydro is uh well they're usually buried and it's a little different but yeah. i mean gas is the dangerous one. Oh, absolutely right For so sure. yeah that was just a little bit of, so i just text a few guys going oh look what just happened in the hood here in the neighborhood and, and it all could have been solved with just a locate yeah phone call it. simple my neighbor was asking shouldn't the homeowner be responsible for that i was going no it should be the gc because at the then, end of the
0: day absolutely if yeah on the gc
1: man that's your job plus he she or she should be there when they're doing it because the locates will actually tell you, listen, you're well within six or maybe 12 inches away from this line. So you should be cautious about digging around this area and you should be going slowly around mm-hmm. this area. Because the one thing that locates doesn't do is tell you depth.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So basically you have to be cautious, right? Yeah, These sure. guys weren't cautious. These guys were cowboys and they just kept on and snap yeah. and screaming.
0: Preparation is key, man. Preparation is key. <laughs> one small little shovel.
1: I don't even know what, why did I bring that up, and trying to figure out why I brought that up. I don't know why. I'm not sure. What else you want to chat about, Bradley?
0: Let's. Uh, I kind of want to dig into my uh, dig into my past and my story a little sure. bit. Sure, it's guys... up to you, man. I yeah. don't know how
1: much you want to share. Awesome. It's always hard to talk about that. Yeah. So well,
0: you know what? I, like I said, I'm open with my story, and and you know I want people to know that they're not alone in the fight. Yeah. So um, so yeah, growing up, I was we lived a pretty good life my mom and dad both had good jobs dad was a union guy mom worked for BMO yeah life was pretty good they made good money and high school was great you know I was the popular kid hockey player got into some junior hockey and I was the man and you know got wrapped up in drinking and partying and um,
1: teenage years
0: teenage years yeah wow we've all done okay it. we've all done it well, yeah we and have then, uh, I started experimenting with uh, cocaine and ecstasy oh. at the age of uh, 19 Wow and uh, you know the ecstasy the ecstasy started out as a big problem going down to London seeing my girlfriend at the time all the time and it was just a big party and uh, every weekend kind of thing or? yeah it was pretty much every weekend yeah. And, You know, so I carried that through till probably 23 until I was introduced to cocaine. And then once I uh, once I got hooked on cocaine, man, it was uh, that was it. It had a hold of me. Wow. And, um, you know, I was I was waking up in the morning, slamming a beer. First thing I did doing coke before work throughout the day. uh, Off to the job site? Off to the job site, man. Yeah. And uh, I was in a really, really dark place in my in my life. You know, subconsciously, I knew uh, what I was doing was wrong, and it was gonna kill me one day. But I just didn't give a
1: fuck. I kind of hoped that it did, you know. And uh, did you not think there was an end? No, or, or I didn't.
0: No, I no, I I thought there was there was no end. This was it. This is what my life is. Uh, never experimented with any sort of you know meth or. Or a crack or anything like heroin that. heroin or anything no none of that no injections, but yeah, it, when you're in that space, you just don't think that there's an end to it, and you know this is it I'm never going to be able to quit you know it's got to hold me this is my life now and uh, it, it wasn't until wasn't until about twenty what was it twenty February nineteenth February 19th of 2021, I finally said, you know, enough's enough, enough's enough. I gotta, I gotta make a change in my life. And it was, it was actually, I just came off a big, big bender. It was like a five day bender. Wow. Cocaine, drinking. I'd just broken up with my girlfriend at the time and just in a really dark place. And I was driving into work and all I could think to myself was what would happen if you know i just took this truck and i drove it off of this fucking bridge and i, I just had no options at that point i didn't want to live i didn't want to live anymore man
1: that wasn't that long
0: ago that was no, like a little more than a year ago no, it wasn't it wasn't that long Th- ago those
1: that's that's what, those were the solutions that were going through
0: your head yeah that was that was the only solution going through my head and you know if it weren't for the thought of my nieces and nephews and my family coming into my head and, you know, me thinking about, you know, how are they going to take this? It just, it broke my fucking heart and I showed up to the job site and all I could do was go and hide up in a closet and bawl my fucking eyes out, man. I was just at a loss. Nobody I, at work knew? No, no one knew. I came into work with a smile on my face, man. Wow. And that's, uh, that's the one thing people got to understand is people going through this shit, they, they hide it really well. They hide it really well. And, um, you know, I was at my wit's end and ready to just take my own life. So I called my mom and, um, you know, she put some plans in place, got me some help and took me into uh, Oshawa Hospital, actually, in the crisis center. They held me for 72 hours, put me into the Pinewood program. I went through that and, you know, while I was in the hospital, I was detoxing. And, and all I did was download like 30 audio all about personal development. And yeah, it was just 72 hours of pure education, self-reflection, you know, being in rock bottom man. and, and, uh, you know, when you're going through hell, keep on going, man,
1: because you don't want to... Hell's not anywhere you want to stay. No. Right? So... Was your mind fighting your body, or was your body fighting your mind at that that 72-hour period? I think my uh, my mind was
0: fighting my body because my body was telling me, we can't do this anymore, you know? Uh, and And my mind was like, but fuck i can't live without it i can't live without yeah. it you know I, we need it we need it we need it and it's just that addictive personality but you know when you really start to focus on what your body's telling you my body was telling me you know we're going to we're going to die from this man it's time to it's time we got to make a change and it's it's that you know devil on your one shoulder and the angel on your on your right for sure man so you got to you got to stop listening to the devil on the one shoulder and start start listening to the to the angel on the right and you got to take you got to when you're in that position you got to take life into your own hands because when you're in that position you, your life's just right up in the air and you're just trying to grab straws and and trying to ground yourself so you got to take that time and and really reflect on yourself and just block out the entire world that 72 hours was it was a life-changing 72 hours for me i realized a lot of shit in such a short short period of time so
1: was it almost like you were watching yourself basically just implode like destroy yourself yeah like it was almost as if you were split and you were having this kind of subconscious fight with yourself
0: absolutely absolutely and and you know what i'm 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 going to be completely transparent and honest here. I thought quitting drugs was going to be the hardest part about getting sober. Mm -hmm. But the hardest part about getting sober was trying to find myself. You know, you're, you you put, for the last 10 years, I put on this facade of someone that wasn't me. And, And the depression really stemmed from my mind telling me, you know, I'm sick and tired of being this person. I don't want to be this person anymore. Right. Um, and I think Jim Carrey said that best. I don't, I don't remember the exact words. The avatar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Depression. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and uh, I forget where I was going with that. Well, about being outside. of you looking at yourself? and Yeah. So, uh, oh, um, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, um, sorry, man. I'm drawing. No, no, no. That's fine, dude. Just take your time. I mean, I'm 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 really appreciative. I know that we weren't going to talk about this because I always leave the show to everybody, and and I'm very respectful of you bringing this up and discussing it because I I honestly as sure that you probably are.
0: It's still a nerve wracking thing for me, right? But because there's somebody is,
1: listening that is potentially going through this.
0: Absolutely, and that's like, why I try to share my story. Yeah, it's it's still hard. You know? I can imagine. But, but
1: it's 10 years of your life that you went down a certain path. Absolutely. And that path got a hold of you hard. Big time. And then you finally try to fight back. Yeah. And it's not easy. No, it's not, man. And it's then it's even harder to
0: bring it up. Oh, and that's where I was going with that. Yeah. So yeah. the hardest part about, you know, sobering up wasn't quitting the drugs. It was, it was finding myself again and, and figuring out, you know, a lot of these people that I called, quote, unquote, my friends... Weren't my, they weren't my friends, no. you know. They were just people that I fucking drank with, people that I snored a blow with, people that I partied with. Once all that was gone, they were fucking ghosts. You know, and I think that was the hardest part for me because, like I said, growing up, you know, I was a popular kid, very likable person, and, and, you know, always had a girlfriend, and, you know, so I always had people around me. So the adjustment... The adjustment was trying to learn how to be lonely and and appreciate it you know Uh, that was that was the biggest that was the biggest struggle for me so
1: were your parents
0: supportive dude they were fucking incredible yeah they were incredible yeah you
1: needed some sort of support
0: my entire family was was unbelievable you know my brother i was living in uh in beaten which is like just uh north of Newmarket, a little bit okay yeah um i was living in beaten at the time and uh, i was in a bit of a toxic environment there and um you know once once i went into the hospital as soon as i was out my brother had a bedroom ready for me get me in a safe space Uh, my mom had dealt with you know everything on on the business end and and work and you know they were all they were all there for me my sister was you know my, the person that i could go and talk to and yeah, they were all great man and three, I'm, three I'm, kids a brother sister you or more i got two sisters so two sisters. my dad's got a, a daughter and my mom's got a daughter and then me and my brother are, are got it
1: yeah and then how many nieces nephews do you have
0: got a little army of them man my uh, uh, my one sister she's got four kids my other sister
1: has two Good. And uh, yeah. So they ground you, man. They do. Even they do. though that you're not a parent yourself, you could still be that favorite uncle kind of thing. Absolutely,
0: man. And, yeah. and I've always connected with uh, all my nieces and nephews. That's on a, awesome. On a really good levels. So a lot of it was, you know, I, I'm a role model to these kids and, and they look up to me. Like, I got to be the best me that I can possibly be, right? hmm. So. Yeah, it was a it was a challenging it was a challenging year and a half, man. And, you know, I when I first started this endeavor, I said to it was mostly the drugs that were taking a hold of my life, right? And I didn't think that I was too bad of an alcoholic or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> you I try was, to justify. Right, you try to justify, right? And I was like, you know, maybe I won't quit drinking forever. I don't want to be that boring, sober person. So I'll just, I'll take a break and, uh, and, you know, maybe have one or two here and there in the future when I think I'm ready. Well, I did that over the most recent Christmas holiday and... Pff, I went fucking almost right back to square
1: one wow eh? so because it just gets a hold of you yeah I can't just have just one man you know so every day every day is just a struggle every day is a new
0: day every day yeah every day is a fucking new battle yeah a new battle man but I can tell you you, on this side of the fence it's it's beautiful you know I'm happy my life is good I'm doing well for myself and and uh, that that, i guess that moment of relapse really made me realize like fuck this i don't i don't ever want to touch this shit again yeah you know this shit's toxic and it is for a lot of people and and i hate i hate looking at social media and and how much drinking is glamorized you know and it's like it's sad it. yeah you look at these people and and you go through their profile and it's just Pictures and pictures and videos of them drinking, getting fucking sloshed and party, party, party. And it's like, you know, that that person's fighting a battle within themselves because that's that's all drinking is. It's it's an escape from your reality. And I I, I try. I want to make sober cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to encourage sober is cool. Sober is cool, man. I mean,
1: we're having a conversation here about the aspirations that you have about the business where you're headed but you're also bringing up what you've gone through that shaped you to the person that you are now absolutely and you can see it being more positive than a negative even though you're not part of the cool kids yeah that are online and shit that Mm -hmm. and i I guess that's the reason why i mean when i was younger i was around all that stuff like even before construction i was in the film business and yeah, oh, the yeah, stereotype is true, the man. Hour. The yeah. stereotype is true. There's all kinds of drugs going on in the film business, all kinds. And it's just it became a, a, a ritual. It's just whatever Friday ended a week and we had a long hard week, we're working 13, 14-hour days and it just it's just all over the place whether it's the actors or actresses and then the crew and everybody. It's just part of it. It's almost like We need air, so we basically need drugs on a film set. I never got into it. I never paid attention to it. I never got into the heavy drinking. I've been around it. I've got a very good friend of mine. I've known as a kid. Heroin got a hold of him, and he's not doing well right now. He's he's much young. He's a little older than you, and he's much younger than me. But I've known this kid since he was a kid, and when I finally found out that you know he picked up everything, moved to New York became a uh, a commercial cpa his wife was a model got into all the parties started doing heavy got into the heroin he's literally on his last days like they treatment 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 and you know his parents his dad finding him on the, the basement floor completely almost half dead and then like they just it's just gonna be one day one yeah. day they're gonna hear that your he's time's gone. gonna come that's all it is yeah it's it's devastating so it for is, you man. to i mean a lot of respect for you to everybody has their moment something happens like you you mentioned that it's you know you saw your nieces you saw your siblings and and they gave you hope mm-hmm. to like you don't want to kill yourself yeah like, you you can't do that that's not the way out of this solution right no. So no. it's good for you that you did that. So I, I I can totally respect that. Every day is a massive struggle, man. It is, man. It is. And
0: and the struggle gets easier. Don't get me wrong. You know, it was it was tough. Those first six months were were very uh, very uh, very eye opening. You know, but what I always say is is the the days don't get less hard. You just get stronger. Yeah. You know. You know, it's the same battle every single day, but, you know, every day you're getting stronger. You're getting that 1% better.
1: So is the past always still, like you said, as soon as you stop this and you try to get a hold of your life, there was no reason for your friends from the past. Do they still try to reconnect with you because they're yeah. still in that world? No, a lot of them are ghosts. Really? I, had a
0: few, I had a few close, close friends of mine that I kind of sat down once I, once I got out of the hospital. I said, listen, guys, like, you know this is this is what I'm going through. This is what's happened, so you know I'd appreciate it if you guys just you know respected my decision and and uh most of, most of them were pretty
1: good about it, yeah, so I was gonna yeah i mean i I can imagine them saying, "Oh, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? like yeah. at a party kind of bullshit yeah. right and
0: I mean, I had one friend who it got to the point where he was like, we would go to the bar after a day's work." I hired him, to, uh, do some weekend cash work or whatever. And, and we sat down at dinner and, uh, and I was like, yeah, can I get a water after he just ordered his beer? And he looked at me and he goes, just order a fucking beer. Mm. And I was like, come on, man. Like, f- fuck, of course I want to order a beer. There's not enough fucking liquor behind this bar. Yeah. You know? But so I, I kind of lost a bit of a re- respect for him, but you know he was he was still there for me through the whole endeavor so i still hold that near and dear to me
1: and it's important yeah is he trying to change uh, his life no 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 he's you know he's same age yes same, same age yeah. same age
0: yeah and i look at all these people and and you know they're they're working their 9 to 5 monday to friday and you know they're just waiting until the weekend comes so they can go out with all their buddies and drink and and it's like, you know, what kind of life is that, man?
1: What's the saying? Misery
0: loves company. Misery loves company. 100%. And it's like, you know, these, these people, like, what are you celebrating every weekend?
1: You the know? hatred they have
0: for the week. I guess. Why don't you find the love for the week? Absolutely, man. Waking up and practicing gratitude every morning. I, yeah. try, to, I try to preach that to people. You know, wake up. And you know morning routine is one thing that that made wonders for me you know so I wake up and I'm not perfect sometimes I miss mornings but you know I try to write my gratitude journal and and you know read 10 pages of a self development book and educate myself and and really prime my brain to to start the day so you know it, it makes my journey easier.
1: Bradley, nobody is perfect. No one's perfect. I don't Fuck care man. who you are on this planet. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. And everybody has faults. But if you try one little thing, like I've always just, it's not even a joke. Like, wake up and do one push-up. I yeah. don't care. Start small, man. Just start. Yeah. That's all it is. That's the hardest part. That's right? all it is, man. And
0: and I, I forget what video I was watching, but it, was, it hit the nail right on the head. And uh, uh, it was um, it was a karate expert, I guess, or something like that. He okay. was talking to his, I don't know what you call the lead guy, but he's okay. like, you know, what what do you think the hardest belt is? Because they, you get these different color belts, right? What's the hardest belt to get? Is it is it the black belt? Black belt, yeah. You yeah. start
1: off with a white belt, I think. And yeah, black he belt. said no.
0: The hardest belt to get is the white belt.
1: Start. Yeah,
0: it's just taking that first step it's true 100 percent. and i was like fuck that's crazy
1: a lot of people the majority of people don't want to start because they don't want the failure
0: well and you know what it is too is 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 they look at this big picture and they look at all the work that they have to put in you know going to the gym you get a you have a certain physique that you want to become you know and and they think about all the work that they have to put in to get that physique break it down. Look at it as smaller, you know, take it day by day, you know, at least just get into the gym. Run 10 minutes your first day or don't even go to the gym, just strap on your running shoes and go for a 10 minute run. Boom, you started. You know, get get these small wins every single day. 100% man. And and you you start to gain confidence in yourself, right?
1: Too many people are are so consumed with worrying about what others are thinking. Yeah. And social media is vicious for that. Oh, it's the worst. And, and I'm sure that when you went through, when you finally told yourself that I can't continue this way, loneliness is probably what was paramount in your life, and your head, your I've thoughts. i never
0: experienced it.
1: But, I mean, at some point in anybody's life, it doesn't matter, and I, I can't say, like, it, it happened to me not too long ago. At some point, you're going to finally realize that you can be content with loneliness you can be as you get almost addicting you you exact you've heard it over and over as you get older your friends so to speak are going to reduce in numbers absolutely and that that happens because they weren't really your friends no and i could honestly say in my life right now right Outside of Carlito, he's a friend, whatever, you know, I don't care. But uh, I've got two solid friends that have known me since my teenage years, right? But when I was in my teenage 20s and 30s, I had a dozen. But now, in my 50 years old, I've got two solid friends. Mm -hmm. I think it was maybe about a decade ago that I finally had that epiphany where I'm alone and, and I'm almost fine with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like man. I'm looking at it going, okay, nobody's coming to fucking save me. Nobody's coming to 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 help me. Nobody's calling to contact me, to ask me, are you fucking doing okay? Except for those two friends. Mm-hmm. So you finally realize, okay, what exactly is a friend? What exactly is a family? You start realizing the importance attached to those titles, so to speak. And then you start embracing that. Loneliness, like you just said, 100%. it's addictive. It is. Then it you is. realize at that point, you can fucking accomplish anything and start man. small and then all of a sudden before you know it, you're fucking accomplishing big things, man. Huge.
0: And and one of the most important things I think is is uh self awareness. You know, you gotta be self aware. Yeah. If you if you're going through your life and you think that you're fucking perfect. Oh fuck, wake and, up. Yeah, wake the fuck up, man. Yeah. You got faults. You got faults, man. And if there's something that you don't like about yourself, then fucking change it. Yeah. You know, you got to be you got to be self-aware
1: in life. Just humble the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. You're not fucking special. No. You know, none of us are. But you've got an opportunity in your life to help out others and to at least be something for somebody to share, to pass on. And that's what's beautiful about the construction industry that the majority of the industry wants to share wants to pass on wants to help out right that's what i do truly respect about the industry that a lot of people are as long as you bring it up like this and i'm I'm loving that you're like this is amazing that you're sharing this and it's hard to share this right but like i said earlier there is somebody listening to this that is possibly going through the exact same bullshit if not worse and i hope going through uh, i hope it does reach someone yeah
0: and if you are that someone honestly Hit me up, yeah. Brad the Builder, ninety four. Yeah, hit me a DM. I'm always, I'm always open to talk, man. I'm always open Just to send, help
1: out. Just send, the one question. Send a dozen questions, dozen, yeah. whatever. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. Because there's, there's tradespeople out there that will be more than willing to help out, man. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So it's great that you've got. I mean, I commend you for getting past that. And uh, it, it, But I mean, it, like I said, it, it, it shaped you into it, the individual that you're becoming. Absolutely. And I think the individual that you're becoming is very important for a reason. Otherwise, yeah, you could have made that other decision back during those dark days, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so there's, there's a purpose behind now.
0: There is. And I, and I don't hold any regret for anything I've done. Yeah. None. Yeah. Because, it's, because I found my calling, you know, like outside of construction, I love to, I love to help people, man. You know, if if people are going through a hard time, I love to be there for them. And, and that's a lot of my, uh, around my personal brand, it's not all construction. It's, you know, there's mental health, there's motivation, there's, you know, I try to, I try to tackle, check all those boxes and uh, yeah, so I'm just kind of going through this ride man i'm still trying to figure out my You're online learning, persona man. yeah i'm still trying to figure yeah. out my online persona and and how i want to go with it but right now i'm just pressing record and just
1: nice. saying whatever the fuck comes to my head
0: good for you man yeah man i appreciate that
1: no no it was good I, I wasn't expecting the show to go this way but i'm glad that it did yeah i don't know is there anything else you want to I don't think so, man. No, I don't don't mean so. it's it's been a great show. It's great to finally meet you. And yeah, tra- it's a chat pleasure to meet you too, man. I know it's a pleasure.
0: I, I, I think I I may want to have you on my podcast. When oh, I start dude, going up.
1: set it up. I'll be there. Doesn't Absolutely. matter where it is. I know that you're further away from here, but I mean, I'd love to travel as well too. Absolutely, love to get on a plane. But uh, <laughs> you and me both. No time for <laughs> that though, man. We're in well, busy season. Uh, l- l- I guess legally speaking, I'm not allowed to get on a plane. But we'll see what oh, you're happens. Not yeah, no, man. No, no.
0: Fuck, I caved. I didn't want to. I. I I just,
1: I don't, uh, it's just my choice, the same way that, uh, like, listen, man, I'm I'm respectful of anybody's religion, sexuality, anything like that. 100%. I do not judge you based on those factors. I do not judge you if you're vaxxed or not vaxxed. I don't, there's that stupid meme out there, that guy in Vancouver who's charging twice rent for unvaccinated people or vaccinated people. And I'm like, okay, it's tax that they want to implement. Capitalism is what it is. So I'm like, okay, fine. So everybody's judging people based on certain things. And I, like, I've grown up a certain way where I don't base my decisions on a skin color, sexual, no. political views, religious. Let people do what the fuck they want to do, man. You're a human being. Even yeah. if there was aliens that land on this planet, I still probably wouldn't judge you unless you create harm towards myself or people that I care about. Absolutely. Then I judge you. Yeah. That's what it takes for me to judge you. Yeah. But you have to implement harm on somebody. Mm-hmm. All right. So and it not does, getting
0: a fucking vaccination that doesn't even work—that's not harming no one let me make that clear
1: I, I thought we were in a society where sure you can offer something but if i do my own homework and i decide against it then i shouldn't be penalized for no. it i shouldn't be it's a free fucking country uh it used to be it used but, to be yeah <laughs> this has been an interesting talk bradley i yeah, mean we've, we've kind of gone everywhere with all it. over the place I, I once again i really appreciate you making the time on a saturday morning yeah, and man. just come no out problem. here and, and enjoy the show and and i love shows you know that get to meet these people all kinds of interesting people that want to honestly genuinely care about others you know what i mean whether it's the business personal life in general it's very respectful that people open up and talk about that stuff absolutely and uh and and i just i thank you thank thank you. you for that i got one last segment to do which is the 12 questions of construction you ready for this? But let me first me. let me uh, deets again. So reach out. Obviously, you got a business going. So you know, a successful business built by Bradley, uh, Bradley J at BuiltByBradley.ca, and on Instagram, BradTheBuilder94. Twelve questions. What is your favorite construction word, Bradley? There's no right or wrong. No, I know. Cha-ching. It's a good word. It's a good word. What is your least favorite construction word? Ish. 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 It's true, huh? (laughs) That's true, man. Too many guys are ish. Ish. What turns you on in construction? Satisfied clients, man. Satisfied clients. What turns you off in construction? Negative people. What's your favorite curse word or phrase? Fuck. It's a go-to. Yeah, Can't go wrong with it. Fluent in the fuck, almost in any language. <laughs> what is your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? Uh, I'm gonna say. Hmm.
0: I'm a truck guy, man. I gotta say, Ford F350, Dooley King Ranch. I know I'm a. Ford. You know, it's hard. Was... To, it's hard to find the Fords, man. Nobody has them. No one's got them. I, I wanted a Ford F350 diesel. When well, I was, a, I didn't go diesel.
1: When but. I was a kid, when I was a teenager, Dually man, just yeah. any—I'd uh, almost say whether it was a Dodge, Ford, or GM, the, the Dually that ass exactly, badass, that dude. that ass just did something about that truck. It just did. It didn't matter which brand it was, but a Dually just elevated that truck to a certain. I'm like, yeah. that's just badass looking. Yeah, man. it is. It it's is. true. It's true. <laughs> what is your least favorite vehicle? uh anything electric <laughs> 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 i was just talking to Lonzo this morning man he's bringing up the mercedes eq xx whatever oh, or yeah. it Fuck. can go 1200 kilometers cool. um, oh, yeah. yeah and it costs a quarter million dollars and yeah okay electric they're not all they're hyped up to no me. they're not and, and start break it down start doing these tests in the winter months please because yeah. they're all being done in the summer months exactly what construction sound or noise do you love The sound of a hammer
0: hitting a nail. Something about it. Yeah, pinpoint right on the button.
1: What construction sound or noise do you hate? Impact drivers. Loud, Oh, Wait till you get to my age, man. There's like screaming loud. I know, I know. Or a chipping hammer. Same thing. Yeah, same shit. Same thing. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Motivational speaking. Being a life
0: coach. Good for you, man. Yeah. You should do it. I'm going to. I'm you going do to. It. That's my road. I've, eventually I want to uh I want to scale built by Bradley until you know I can sort of step back and take a small little cut out of it and then I want to that's that's what I want to do.
1: I want to help Start people. Start the podcast, man.
0: Yeah. Just reach to. out
1: to me and I'll tell you exactly how what I did and all this other yeah, shit. Yeah, well, we're going to chat. We're yeah, going to no, chat. No, no, we'll talk about it. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Taping. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't like it either, no. man.
0: Thumb hurts, hand hurts. Yeah. Everything. yeah, Or anything in an office. I couldn't yeah. sit in an office and stare at a computer screen all day.
1: <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did it. Good for you, man. Good for you, bro. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Bradley, again, thank you so much for thank being on you. the show. Really thank appreciate you man. opening really up so much, it, man. man. It's great to finally meet. Everybody, Built by Bradley. BradleyJ at BuiltByBradley.ca. And Brad... The Builder ninety four on Instagram. Love I think it. we are done for today, bro.
0: Awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with me today, man. It's Thank good. you, man. It was nice. Thank you. Really nice. We are out of here.
1: Thanks, everybody.